Hey everyone, welcome to episode 88 of You Heard It Here Second. New episodes are released every week on DerekAndSteve.com and on iTunes as well. So just search for Derek and Steve or You Heard It Here Second and make sure to subscribe today. If you're the head coach of the Giants, your only job probably is just yeah. to not make Eli cry. <laughs> Derek and Steve present. Well, yeah, so I don't know if I would expand the breakfast menu to be all day, but I would put the hash browns in the burrito. <laughs> so I hate Tiger Woods. I hate him with a passion, and I think he should be banned from golf. I think anyone who likes him is a crazy person. Like, he's not good for golf. <laughs> all he is is a spectacle, and he's a degenerate who you're rooting for. Like, I, I don't get the idea that you can root for such a terrible person just because they were very good. You heard it here second. Good morning, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to episode 88 of You Heard It Here Second. I'm Steve alongside Derek. Derek, how's it going? Hey, how's it going, Steve? It's going well. It's going uh, well. Episode 88. We're getting closer to 100. We are. Every ev- week. Every week we're closer to 100. It's and true. We're very close to 100 now. So we yeah. should actually, pl- we should start planning. We should. It's 12 it's weeks take, away. It's going to take longer than a month to plan. Yeah. And 12 weeks is like, so what, we got probably two more episodes of the year because we'll probably not be here like around Christmas time. Mm-hmm. Um, might have a little lull there, but like. We're going to be like probably 10 weeks into the new year. Sometime in February, March, we're going to be hitting 100. Jared Dudley will still be injured, so he will be available. (laughs) Yep. Um, Yeah. Um, He will still be injured, but his NBA career will still be going on more on episode like 800. It'll be going on after I'm dead. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So we have a great episode for you today. Um, Huge BC news tiny bit of pop culture, and then a lot of very big sports topics. Um, we've had a, a lot of sports over the past two weeks, mm-hmm. but they're very unique. It's relevant. Yeah, they're very relevant, unique topics. Um, but we'll kick it off with everybody's favorite <laughs> segment, <laughs> the BC Update. Got another dude! Hey! What's better than this? Guys being dudes. Dudes to the right, dudes to the left, stuck in the middle with you. Got another dude! Heisman Trophy, Bronco Nagurski Award, Ultimate Dudes. Got another dude! O-Line U, bunch of dudes. Alrighty, so the BC update this week. We don't have as much football talk because um, the football team is in their preparation right now for the bowl game, which isn't until December 27th. Uh, As we talked about, that's the pinstripe bowl against Iowa, but... We have probably as big news as we've had all all year for this BC is, for BC sports. This is the biggest news of the past four years, I think. Probably. Can it's, you name a better I mean, better event in BC sports? The only one that would be comparable to this would be when USC. USC. Yeah, I mean that USC that would be comparable, and, and yes, that was a number nine ranked team. But if you're going to say that football is a bigger like magnitude than basketball, then mm-hmm. fine. Anyway, this brings us to the news: BC beats Duke over the weekend, number one ranked Duke basketball. BC defeats them in a stunning fashion. Uh, I, I think the finals like 87-81. They, they win a pretty tight game, but they execute in the clutch. They 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 stun Duke, completely stun undefeated 11-0 Duke. And BC sits atop the Atlantic Coast Conference standings right now at 1-0. So this is spectacular. Yeah. It is unbelievable. Um, and for a few reasons. One is Duke was ranked number one. And and a very good number one. Very we we good saw that they came across our TV the other day, and it was <laughs> like they're scoring 94 points a game. They're like this is, this is a ridiculous team. They have multiple lottery picks on this team. 
number one by a landslide. Like, this is by far the best team in the country. Um, so not only is it great that we beat the number one team in the country, it also happens to be the most hated team in the country, or at <laughs> least the most divisive, Yes. with the with the most hated and most divisive player in the mm-hmm. country in Grayson Allen. Mm-hmm. Um, and we, we shut him down. He was 5 for 20 from yep. the floor and 1 for 9 from 3. Mm-hmm. I don't know if that's the game plan going in, but if you can stop Grayson Allen – and make the rest of the Duke team try to beat you, and your three best players score 75 yeah. of 87 points. Yeah. They literally scored 75 <laughs> yeah. of the 87 and BC points. BC only played seven guys in this game. They went too deep into their bench. Yeah. like And and I don't know what carried them. It, it's obviously some sort of adrenaline rush yeah. that you can play seven guys yeah. against Duke and win. Yeah. Um, but BC comes up with an amazing win. Um, they're now 7-3. and three. They have uh, three bad losses. Um, but one amazing win against Duke. Yeah. And um, all the fans rushed the court. It was quite the spectacle. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, and, and just looking at that, um, the box score, which I'm trying to pull up here, you look at those minutes, and it, it truly is remarkable. Uh, by the way, 89-84 was the final. I, I was a little off by that. But um, the you, lo- you look at the minutes played. You have um, uh, Chapman played 40 minutes in this game. All 40 minutes he played. Uh, Jerome Robinson played 38 and Kai Bowman played 36 and Mitchell played 37. It's like, that's the four of your main guys played almost the entire game. Popovich played 28 minutes. Listen to these scores. Robinson was 24 points. Kai Bowman, 30 points. Jordan Chapman, 22 points. That, that is incredible. Yeah. yeah. That three players can av- can score over 20 points when scoring in the thirties yeah. in, a, in a college basketball. And, and we mentioned that they went too deep into their bench. Um, one of those too deep was Vin Baker jr. Which I didn't know he was on our team, nope, but he's, I, I think, the son of Vin Baker, which is funny. Um, <laughs> but he played three minutes in this game. So one of their two guys that got minutes off the bench played three minutes. I don't so know. this was entirely their top six players playing the entire game. And, and that is almost impossible to do. Yeah. Uh, to play an entire basketball game without needing a breather is yeah. almost impossible. Yeah. Um, so in such I, a high-energy, draining atmosphere against Duke. And then to come down the stretch and be able to – execute and hit mm-hmm. four free throws to, to yeah. ice the game yeah. to, to, to still have no doubt that you're going to win that game yeah. with the, with 30 seconds left um it was very incredible i mean i i haven't seen this basketball team play beyond the t- the few games mm-hmm. we've lost so i don't know where this came from but if mm-hmm. those three can play like they can play yeah i mean will, we might have a good team on our hands I've, we might have a playoff berth we might have a march Madness it, it, berth on it our is hands. definitely possible if they continue to win just the games that they should win moving forward. I mean, you, you look at um, when it comes down to the end of the season, a win against Duke is is a huge deal when it comes to looking at your resume and whether, you know, there's been no year in the past that we can say that BC actually had a win that, that gets them in a spot where they're deserving of a tournament bid. There's yeah. no signature win this team has had in the last however many years. And now we've started the season off with us. Yes, exactly. Yeah. You were 1-0 in the ACC, which is maybe the best conference in college basketball. Um, Kai Bowman is only a sophomore. Now this kid's older. We talked about this before. He had like he did, went to prep school for a few years, I think. He like he had a football offer. He was like going to play college football and then he shifted over to basketball. So he's like 20 like 2 years old, I think, 23 maybe even, and he's only a sophomore, which is like Dave Shinsky-esque, but he's really good. And no, <laughs> and, no it helps that he A he's really good, but B he has cool swag. Yeah, he has cool yes, hair. He does. And if we can pull off uh, an upset like this, he's a yeah. ESPN latches on to stuff like they that. They do. If you can differentiate yourself, like he can make a name for himself just with his hair. Yeah. And if he's good, at, I mean, he's definitely good enough to yeah. be recognized in ACC. But pulling off this win against Duke, 
may yeah. shoot him into the stratosphere in terms of like we should watch this kid yeah. for the next couple a- of years. Absolutely. And and remembering that he is a sophomore is a big deal here because like I said, he's older than a normal sophomore, so it's easy to write that off as being like, well, he's not a real sophomore, except he is eligibility-wise. You're going to have him for two more years after this. And I will say last year, when the team obviously struggled, you know, you watched Bowman, and he did put up a lot of points last year, but I kind of sometimes felt like he just kind of chucked. Like, they, yeah. like At times last year, he was sort of just chucking I everything mean, up. They still kind of do that. They do yeah, a little those bit. Those three guys scored... They do a little bit of 88 <laughs> points. Exactly. Basically. But one of the big differentiators when you look at Bowman's line is 30 points, 10 rebounds and nine assists in this that's game. Good. That that's insane. I mean, like like 30 point triple doubles is like is what Russell Westbrook does. That's not what college basketball players do. No college basketball players don't score 30 points in a triple double. I know he was one assist shy of that, but that's an insane game for him. And so if he continues to play that all-around game, um Jerome Robinson 5 for 5 shooting threes. Uh, Chapman, five for nine shooting threes. I mean, BC shot 57.7% from downtown. Yeah. If they're going to hit shots like that, they're going to compete with every team in the country. So you're not going to sustain Correct. that shooting. So I I would like to see a bit more team basketball, but mm-hmm. if, if this is how you need to beat the number one team in the country, then fine. Yeah. Just chuck threes, and if you hit them, we win. Yeah. That's great. Now, conversely, Duke shot 26.7% from downtown, so yeah. uh, certainly a discrepancy there, but... Um, Unbelievable. They forced, they forced uh, 11 turnovers for Duke, which actually isn't many. Uh, BC had 17 turn- turnovers to Duke's 11. So it really came down to the shooting in this game. But um, while, granted, you're not going to hit shots at that clip all year, these are guys that are good shooters. Jerome Robinson's been a good shooter his whole career, really. Um, Kai Bowman has been a pretty good shooter. So they have these guys performing like this. I think the depth will be a question because if they couldn't go more than six deep in this game – you know, I think you're going to need to go pretty deep when you get into a tournament game. Like, you yeah. need to have guys that can play. So You need to have a bench. You, yeah, which I don't know if we have or not because <laughs> I didn't see anything out of it. They, they got two points out of their bench in this game. It, for In 21 minutes, they got two points. So um, That's not good. That's not exactly good. Uh, two points, three turnovers, and four personal fouls out of their bench. So um, not the best bench performance, but... They, you know, they didn't need it with the starters playing that well. So just really a, an awesome Saturday for BC basketball. Um, and, and to hit back on your point about everybody hating Duke, it, it's really awesome. I mean, like, yeah. I was at work today, and, and one of my coworkers who knows that I went to BC and stuff, he just, like, walked up to me, and he was like, are you a BC basketball fan? Yeah. Like, just, like, I know you like BC football and stuff. Like, And he was like, are you a BC basketball fan? And I was like, yeah, like, did you see that on Saturday? And he was like, that was awesome. Like, yeah. I, hate, I hate Duke. <laughs> like, yeah, it's like everyone's it's like, finally in our yeah, corner. Yeah, exactly. And so, like, it, it's one that the, the whole country can get behind because unless you're a Duke fan, you don't like Duke. Um, so it, it was really a huge Saturday for them. And, uh really the first big statement we've gotten from BC basketball. I can remember us sitting here on the podcast last year being like, Oh, there's some bright signs. Like they kind of looked okay, but they still lost. You know, it's like now there's a tangible, you know, positive that you can latch onto. We are um, a good team on paper now. Yeah. Not just in theory. We have tournament caliber players. Like, and we a, tur- have, and we a have, tournament caliber win. Yeah. And, and like, there are a lot of people that fill out their March Madness bracket and they pick based on who the best backcourt is. There are a lot of people that do that because they feel like in, in college basketball tournament games, the guards are what win you the game. Like, there's a lot of people that feel that way. And BC's got a hell of a pair of guards right now. They're, like, you know, they're showing to be one of the better pairs of guards in the ACC. Obviously, we haven't seen the whole schedule yet, but um, they were good last year. They're good this year, and now they're getting more contributions from the other starters anyway, if not if not all the way down the bench. So, 
Um, so, big news. Big news for BC. BC stuns number one Duke. Um, the rankings haven't come out yet, but we're gunning for a, a top 25 spot. I don't know if we'll <laughs> yeah. make it in. We, we've had some bad losses, but yeah. a win over Duke and, and maybe a couple more significant wins – not obviously against number one. Start winning some overall, ACC games. Yeah, you know, like, like I, I think we could easily crack the top twenty-five if we continue to to beat the teams we're supposed yeah, to. Yeah, f- a few more wins against solid ACC teams, and you're looking at for sure a possibility of being in the top twenty-five. So, um, a win like that matters a lot. And and uh, again, if they can be a bubble team at the end of the year, that's going to be a huge, huge tiebreaker in, in any conversation you're having between teams because that's just an enormous win, especially if Duke continues to be the best team in the country, which I expect them to be. Um, cause they have a ton of NBA talent on that team. So, um, so huge, huge news for BC. Um, moving on one other topic, just real quick, uh, AJ Dillon and Ben Petrullo get named to the ESPN freshman all American team. So very impressive there. We've, we've praised the freshmen on this team all year and they finally get recognized with what is a legit exclusive, um, honor to be on this all American freshman team, which only takes. I think they're too deep at running back. They picked one offensive lineman per position across the board. Yeah. This is the kid that filled in for Ron Baker earlier in the year, um, or John Baker, excuse me, when he got um, injured and out for the season. So this was a kid who'd never played center before, stepped in, had an All-American season for us. So uh, big news on the BC football individual honor front there with Dylan and Petrullo getting named to that team. So mm-hmm. any other thoughts? That's it on the BC update. Big, cool. big all good news for BC. Yeah, recently. coming up all BC lately for yeah. sure. And la- honestly, the last like month or so, coming up all BC. So very maybe f- nice change of pace here. Yeah, maybe we <laughs> flipped a switch. Maybe yeah, we turned a corner. Seriously. Um, so that does it for the BC update. Brings us into period number two, which is pop culture. Alrighty, so pop culture is our second period, and it's not exactly the type of pop culture that is littering your headlines on uh, all your pop culture websites this week, but <laughs> on TMZ. Um, on TMZ, uh, but it is pop culture in our world. It is which pop is culture the in our eighth world. annual Rudolph the Red Nosed Rager. It's more just culture. It's just not culture. Really pop culture. Yeah, it's like our culture. Um, so the eighth annual Rudolph the Red Nosed Rager went off without a hitch. Yep. Um, super fun. We had it at our, our friend John Griffin's house. Everyone was dressed up. Everyone was excited. Mm-hmm. There was um, fun drinks, fun games. Um, everyone who showed up was very happy and excited. Yeah. I, I think we decorated the house beforehand. Mm-hmm. We, we had a very chill lead up, and then all of a sudden it was a party. Lots of people which showed up. always happens. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and, and I always lose track of time at these parties. Yes. Uh, it, it's one of the only times in the year. Like I love getting people together and having a good time, but where, where I'm having so much fun – that I look at the my watch and it's two or three in the morning. Yeah, and uh, it was like eight p.m. last I checked. Yeah, it just I didn't take any photos. Yeah. I didn't like take any snapshots. <laughs> we, we made a Snapchat filter for and the party. Didn't, and didn't use it. We didn't use it <laughs> because we were having so much yeah. fun. <laughs> um, so it was so fun, and thank you everyone for who who came. It, it was a blast. Um, we hope you had as much fun as, as we had hosting it. Yep. Um, yeah, that's all I have to say about it. Another yeah. successful year. Another Two successful more year. years and it's a fundraiser. Two more, yeah. So 10th annual, we've said before, but we're looking to up our game for the 10th annual, hopefully go to some type of a venue, have a fundraiser. When two more years pass, there's gonna, the number continues to grow each year of people that move away. Yeah. And so you need to kind of have it be more than just like a college party at someone's apartment for people to be coming back we for We need it. to plan it far Yeah, out. it needs to be planned far ahead. And um, 
you know, two years from now, we're looking at potentially doing that as a fundraiser for whatever we can, I mean, whatever charity we end up trying to do it for. Or, or the, we've never done that before, so no. we have to, we have a lot to study on <laughs> yeah. that. But and the twentieth annual black tie. Oh yeah, <laughs> yeah. definitely, a hundred percent. Yeah, um, at like the National um, <laughs> Museum in, in DC. Or yeah. Something. <laughs> yeah. Um, so there it is. The eighth annual Rudolph goes off. Um, you have another topic you want to touch on here in yeah, pop culture? I put down Bitcoin. All right. Let's talk about it. <laughs> I don't know anything about Neither it. Neither do I. But it's hot. <laughs> did you buy any? Uh, I didn't buy any. No. I kind of wish I did a long time ago, obviously. But uh, no, I haven't bought any Bitcoin. I don't. I, I was hoping you had more to talk about. I, have, I don't know I have anything about it. I almost nothing to talk about Everybody's with talking about it. Cryptocurrency, I baby. S- I saw a meme about Bitcoin the other day. Um, Still waiting that's for about your- it. Fifty thousand dollars to roll in. No, it was like it, it was it was some meme about like the volatility of Bitcoin. I think it was like uh, it was like son asked for bit Bitcoin for Christmas, and then the father is like fourteen thousand dollars. He's like, what are you gonna do with thirteen thousand dollars? Like, I can't afford sixteen thousand dollars. Like, that's <laughs> yeah. a joke of how quickly it, yeah. it changes in in, uh, in its value, but um that's uh, pretty funny. pretty yeah it was funnier in meme form i think but yeah. actually it wasn't like just that like, funny anyway just but. like all things yeah exactly yeah. so um, so we don't know anything about it we are late <laughs> to the game everyone else seems to be in yeah. on it or out on it everyone's yeah. got an opinion but um i think yeah. i'm out on it yeah i think i'm out too okay uh, i think i'm out but uh there i will say um there's we the only um, virtual currency I have is Venmo dollars, and I think you have a lot of Venmo dollars. I've got a lot of Venmo. So, like, dollars. you do have a type of virtual currency. It's true. That's not really like Bitcoin in any way, but you, you still you it have. It doesn't appreciate or depreciate. Yeah, right, it, but it's very steady. Yeah, <laughs> it's very steady. It's almost exactly the same as having regular dollars. Yeah, so, it's, it, that's why I like it. Yeah. So, <laughs> um, so it's very, very stable and dependable. So, anything else on Bitcoin? That's pop it. Culture? That's all Alrighty. on Bitcoin. Sweet. So that brings us into period number three, which is sports. Every now and then I still laugh at the Monster Jam thing. It's kinda, good. I think we t- we take it for granted sometimes how funny that line is. <laughs> um, so sports, we have some topics. We'll start it out with the NFL. Um, mm-hmm. So really bad news for Philadelphia Eagles fans. Um, I'm usually pretty non-sympathetic towards Philly fans. Like yeah. I really don't like feel bad for Philly fans ever, but I do here. I, I feel really bad for, for Eagles fans and Carson Wentz. Because this, this is tough because they're, they're finally good. The right, I don't want to say the right way because you can be good anyway, but yeah. like they've drafted really well. Yep. They got some really good pieces. They got Alshon Jeffrey, um, LeGarrette Blunt. They mm-hmm. built around a, a team. Traded for JJ. And then yeah. traded for JJ and, and then picked up a, a franchise quarterback and are now a good, stable team yeah. for years to come. They, got, they will be good. They got good defensive backs. Like they built that team nicely. Yes. And so now it all comes crashing down. And you're back to Nick Foles at quarterback, who isn't who, who isn't I think bad. They will still win a few more games with Nick Foles. It's just like your your hopes of Super Bowl really take a hit. Yeah, when and, Nick Foles and Carson Wentz is an awesome guy. He, I saw like a sixty for six yeah. or thirty for thirty or something on him, some segment, and he's like he's visiting hospitals every weekend. Yeah. He's got like huge, everyone in Philly loves him. Like he's mm-hmm. he's a very stand up guy. So it's very tough to see right when he's it's his second year, right? Second year. Yeah, I believe so. Yeah, yeah second and year. he's he's turning into a superstar. Yeah, uh, and he played across uh, the field from Jared Goff. Jared Goff, yeah. who is another rising star yeah. uh, for the, a Ram, a good mm-hmm. young Rams team. So mm-hmm. it's tough to see those teams will both be good mm-hmm. for a long time yeah. moving forward. Which is funny because like those teams were the laughing stock of the league like pretty recently. Yeah. So I mean, I guess the Eagles weren't really the laughing stock, but like they were never a serious real threat to be 
um, competing for a Super Bowl in the last several years, and the Rams even worse so. The Rams haven't been competitive in a long time. So yeah, so it's tough to see. He has officially torn his ACL. Yeah, by the way, I think yeah. we didn't actually say <laughs> yeah. that. Um, so he is out for the season, um, and it's tough. I mean, I don't know what else you can do. It, it we're we're in a weird NFL season where. Your your teams are either very good or very yeah. There's bad. very well yeah. There's not a lot of in between right now. There's, there's a little no, bit of in between the NFC, I guess, but like. The, but the, there's but there's like, teams that you know have a shot and teams you know yeah, don't have a shot. Yeah. Right. Uh, and and right. much more so in the probably four teams that actually yeah, are good enough. Right. And right. then everyone else is is not. Yeah. And I'm and the Eagles were most certainly one of those yes, teams. Exactly. And, and, I, I mean, you know, you never know. Nick Again, Nick Foles isn't as bad of an option as you could have as a backup. Like, he's 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 been a yeah. serviceable NFL quarterback, but um, I'm not sure he's good enough to keep them in that tier of, like, this is one of the four teams that can win the Super Bowl. Yes. You know, so – and that's re- that really stinks for Philly. Like, I mean, the <laughs> – like I said, there are a lot of times that I'm like – so, for instance, Sixers fans, I don't really feel bad for it all. Yeah. Like Sixers fans want the best of both worlds. They're like, they want to we're be so bad. bad. And then we're like, no, we're so good. You know, it's yeah. like, and so I don't really feel bad for Sixers fans ever, but Eagles fans, I, I got the, like, it was like, this was finally their year to like be happy about their team, you yeah. know? And it's like, they, again, like you said, everything about Carson Wentz being really likable and like a really good guy. And it, yeah, it really sucks for them to lose him at this stage, especially at a point where he's probably going to miss some time next year when you tear your ACL this late in the season. Um, that's sometimes a nine, ten, even full year, uh, twelve month recovery. So it's, um, it's tough too because we're losing top tier quarterbacks left yeah, and right. Yeah, Carson Wentz, um, Aaron Rodgers, Rodgers, who might be coming back, who but, might be coming back. Uh, we lost Teddy Bridgewater last year. Mm-hmm. Uh, Sam Bradford again. Mm-hmm. Mid was it off season or I think, I think it was it first was, game. Of I the think year. it was like early this season. Yeah, he um, played. He played a little bit. Even though Case Keenum's playing out of his mind. Yeah. I mean, it's it stinks when you're. It's not as person driven as like mm-hmm. basketball mm-hmm. but if you're top literally the quarterback on your team is getting hurt and you can't play you're kind of screwed it is i mean like i think at that one position it's as bad as basketball yeah. like i mean the eagles losing carson wentz it's not crazy to say that's like the rockets losing james harden or like i mean like yeah. in football no one player generally is that big of an impact the way it is in basketball but except for the quarterback i mean you do, you lose your quarterback who's playing at that level uh, some quarterbacks, if you lose them, it's not as bad. Carson Wentz was a legitimate MVP candidate. I mean, he he might have been the favorite to win the MVP this year. He had 33 touchdowns, seven picks. I think that 33 might have led the league. I'm not positive. Um, he was a legitimate candidate for MVP, so that's a huge loss for them. Yeah. And again, it's just it's 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 interesting to see that Wentz and Goff have really flourished in their second year. It's funny because. You look at and and before I before you jump to conclusions about this, I still think that Jameis Winston can be a good quarterback in the NFL. But you look at Jameis and Mariota, who people were like, these two guys are really good. Yeah, and and they're not performing to the level that people expected. Whereas Wentz and Goff, it was like the laughingstock draft. People were like, these guys both stink. Like, yeah. like it's funny. Like they, people were making fun of the Rams for drafting Jared Goff first, and it's like. Now these guys that, are both really good. And then he was like benched for the year. Yeah, it was yeah. just like very poorly handled. Yeah, and now they're both very. And good. they're both very good. So. Um, so. Moving on from one young quarterback to a different situation, yeah. Jimmy Garoppolo with back-to-back wins. I think they were the winless at the time, or only had one win. Um, now they have three, two or three. Yeah. Um, so he steps in, starts beating teams. Is this a sign of him being that good or them just sort of figuring it out at, or in playing bad teams? So it's obviously too soon to say that he's that, quote-unquote, that good. You know, I mean – 
personally, I am pretty high on Jimmy Garoppolo. I think I might have said this at the time of the trade. I think that Garoppolo will be the best quarterback that has ever come out of Brady's backup situation. Like everybody, every time a quarterback comes out of being Brady's backup, everyone's like, oh, he's going to be good. He's been studying under Brady, and they're yeah. never that good. Um, I think Garoppolo is going to be good. Now, I don't know if he's going to be amazing. Did you see the quote from John Lynch, by the way? No, but I love John Lynch. <laughs> John Lynch, obviously the 49ers oh, general manager, he said if, if says that his Bucks Buccaneers had, yeah. teams would have won five, ring, five rings with yeah. Jimmy Garoppolo at quarterback. Yeah. So I, I think maybe pump the brakes till he wins five games in the NFL. Yeah. Um, he's won four at this point. But I am high on him, and I am very happy. We talked about this a little bit offline in relation to the Giants situation where – the Giants are losing, and I think it makes sense for the Giants to tank because they have their foundation set. Really, just like getting the best draft pick is in their best interest. I don't agree with the same thing for the 49ers. I think the 49ers have their quarterback of the future now. I think that they need desperately to reinstall a winning culture because they haven't had it since um, the Kaepernick-Alex Smith years. Yeah. And I think that I think right now it's smart of them to not be losing games on purpose but instead to – See what Jimmy Garoppolo can do. Obviously, see that he can perform and win games, and start to build your your team around that. You're still going to have a top ten pick, probably a top five pick. He can't yeah. we can't win enough games to get you out of that spot in the draft. So I love what they're doing, and I think it's it's great to see Garoppolo succeed in that um, situation because it's like he, I think he's earned it. He waited for a long time, and now he's got he's got the reins, and, and I'm glad to see him performing well in that in yeah. that spot. And and the. 49ers did have a good draft last year. I think yeah. John Lynch is a good general manager, so I, I think they have a, a nice future ahead of mm-hmm. them. Yeah. Uh, moving on from a team that usually tanks, <laughs> or from a tanking team to a team that usually tanks, the Jaguars are good at football. Yeah. The Jacksonville Jaguars. Yeah. They have an awesome defense. They lead the league in sacks and I think um, points per game. They have a great secondary, too. A great secondary. Um Blake Bortles is playing out of his mind. I Lately, think. yes. Yeah. In the beginning of the year, he was not playing well. Exactly. They over were the winning past, despite him in the beginning of the year. I think over the past five games, he only has like two picks or something. Um, he's playing very well, and he doesn't need to play yeah, he's managing. out of his mind. Yeah. I think he finally figured that out because they mm-hmm. do have a good team. They mm-hmm. have they drafted a good running back in Leonard Fournette. He's panning out. Um, I think they have Marquise Lee as their wide receiver. Mm-hmm. They also have who else? Someone um, else good. Well, the, and they, and, they and have Allen hurt. Robinson, too, Alan who got hurt for the hurt. year. Yeah. So, um, the, yeah, no, they have a good receiving core. Um, Bo- yeah, Bortles' last two weeks has four touchdowns, no picks. He's managing the game much better. He's thrown 16 touchdowns this year, which is not overwhelming by any means, but he's only thrown eight interceptions. He's not making the crazy mistakes he has in the past. Um, and he's doing what he needs to do. And Leonard Fournette's playing great. I, I fully admit I was wrong about him. I mean, I, I was a Leonard Fournette hater. Yeah. Um, he's been outstanding for them. The Jaguars are, are nine and four, and now they have. I believe I was looking at their schedule coming up. They should win like a couple more games. I believe they have Houston, San Francisco, and Tennessee left on their schedule, all winnable games for them. The Jaguars could go twelve and four, like and, like, and not just twelve and four, but a fun twelve and yeah, four. They are yeah. exciting to watch. They they get sacks, they get picks, yeah. they have big hitters on defense, and they have a lot of swag on the mm-hmm. offense. So it's true. They may be my favorite team to watch right now. Yeah. I mean, I've always been a semi-Jacksonville fan. My, yeah. my cousin Will is a big uh, Jags fan. Mm-hmm. Um, loved Mark Brunel back in the day. <laughs> um, so I, I'm i in on the Jags. I, I'm i rooting for them. Yeah. So there it is. The Jaguars, uh, certainly in the AFC right now, they're playing their way into the number three seed in the AFC, which is a pretty big deal um, to get whoever draws the final wild card spot, which in the AFC is going to be a lesser team, I believe. Cause you got like the bills, the jets, those teams are still vying for that sixth spot. 
Uh, so getting yes. the three seed for the Jags would be a big deal for them. Um, so anything else in football? You got any other That's thoughts? That's it in football. Cool. So let's move it on to baseball here with one major topic. Obviously, baseball is not a uh, hotbed of, of topics at this time of the year. But this is the, huge. This is huge. This is the biggest news that will happen this entire offseason for baseball. The New York Yankees have traded for Giancarlo Stanton uh, of the Miami Marlins in just really the one thing that everyone here in Boston did not want. And, and I imagine a lot of people around the league may not want for their own team's sake, but from a neutral perspective, it creates the Bronx Bombers again. At, I mean, the Bronx Bombers are back. As a neutral, so I'm I'm not neutral. I, I'm a Rays fan, yeah. but I've been in the division with the Sox and the Yankees for a long time. So it's kind of like not – it's like kind of yeah. like being neutral. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, I love this move. Yeah. I baseball needs baseball needs a shot in the arm. Yeah. It, no pun intended as these guys are probably <laughs> juicing. <laughs> but this is a mega team. Mm-hmm. And whether you like it or not, whether you think they're fun or the evil empire or you're a Boston fan or mm-hmm. they're stacking teams, this is going to be a very fun team oh, to yeah. watch. They could use some pitching. Uh, but these guys could come around. I know Severino is supposed to be really good. I mean, he, yeah, he's young. Um, he's young. Yeah. CC could he's not young. <laughs> he's not young, but he he throws yeah. gas when he needs yeah. to. Um, but the lineup is just murderers row. Mm. Yeah, it I is know. So yeah, stacked. Yeah. Like, are they going to bat back to back, Judge and Giancarlo? Uh, they, I would assume. That yeah. is incredible. I mean, I would assume they are. And it's like whoever's protecting the other. I mean, I got to think Stanton bats behind Judge. Um, yes. Because Stanton protecting Judge should pay off way more. Judge struck out a gazillion times this year. Yeah. Um, I think that having making pitchers throw Judge strikes because Stanton is on deck is smarter. Because uh, I think Stanton's a better hitter than Judge. Yeah. Um, so, uh, so yeah, yeah. These guys are um, probably 600 pounds of pure muscle. Yeah. <laughs> like yeah. And they, easily, their bat is probably twice the size as everyone else's <laughs> yeah. bat. And the it's just incredible. Yeah. They're going to and in Yankee Stadium is a is a whirlwind. You yeah. just pop-ups are home runs. Yeah. So these guys are going to hit the ball to the freaking <laughs> Staten Island. Yeah. So a couple things. Um, one fun little stat, not so fun if you're me, is that the four big bats in the Yankees lineup who may, this may or may not be their one, two, three, four. Someone else might bat second. I think like the, you know, you'd think that Stanton judge Sanchez are three, four, five in some way. Anyway, Didi, Didi Gregorius, Stanton judge and Sanchez, those four guys, Last year combined for 169 home runs. The Red Sox combined for 168. Yeah. Red Sox team. So um, huge failure for for the Red Sox front office, honestly, because of the fact that this was what you needed. You needed a power bat in the offseason, mm-hmm. and you let him go to the Yankees of all the teams. You know, um, the so so ultimately that's the biggest thing that irks you as a Red Sox fan is that he not only did the Red Sox not land him. For the package the Yankees got him for, if you look yeah. at that as well, the Yankees gave up Starlin Castro, who is okay. Um, he could pan he's out. He's pretty good, but he's certainly not, not, yeah. not your grade A stud. Yeah. Uh, and they, and the the bigger the bigger thing is they give up no top prospects in this trade, or at least that's what the reports are. We don't really know. Obviously, it's tough to criticize because what if the Marlins loved the prospects they got? You yeah. know, it's it's hard to blame them, I guess. Um, but the one thing that's making the rounds on the internet here is when people slowly started to remember that Derek Jeter is a part owner of the Marlins. Yeah. Um, so I guess my question to you is, do you think there's anything there to that to that storyline? Do you think there is anything, or do you think it's... I is think, there anything there with Derek Jeter trading him to the Yankees for what some people thought is a lesser package, or is that just 
kind of coincidence. So my only thought, on, I mean, the, uh, the conspiracy theory I'm out on is like the Jeter's full conspiracy inside yeah. man, like yeah. Give, yeah. <laughs> stacking the Yankees. Um, but I do probably think that he's got a an easier line to the front office of the Yankees. Yeah. So if if for sure if they want to land a big prospect or if they want to get rid of a big prospect. He, they're the easiest team to deal with because mm-hmm. he's got relationships left and right. Yeah. He can say, all right, like let's sit down tomorrow over coffee mm-hmm. and discuss mm-hmm. Giancarlo rather than like C- Seattle Mariners saying, hey, who do you know? <laughs> yeah, so right. um, that's yeah. the only part I think. I mean, I, I, I don't – like what do you think? No, I, I am not a conspiracy theorist here. I, I think it's um, – I think it's hilarious. I think I, it's I think it's, I think it's pretty – I think it's funny. I think that, um, yeah, I, I think the relationship part of it is, a, it, you know, if he's got comparable packages from multiple teams, yeah, I think that he might have leaned towards the Yankees. Like, I, I think that's totally plausible. Um, that said, I, I mean, obviously he does have a so, – I, I think it's being blown a little bit out of proportion because I, so I don't think Jeter's the single shot caller here either. Jeter's a part owner of the team. There's yeah. other guys in this mix that are making decisions. And I think what they're doing too, because they traded uh, – D, they trade D Gordon, or they're potentially trading sure. D Gordon. I'm not sure. Um, so they're they're in the mix to start trading a, a bunch of prospects. Yeah. I think they're rebuilding, and I don't think you can. I mean, you can build around Giancarlo, but mm-hmm. not with the timeline. Not with the timeline, and not with that contract. contract. Yeah. So yeah. I think it makes sense for them to get rid of him. I don't think they got enough back for him. Yeah, and certainly. So that, yeah, that's the question. But there's always that question with any sport, any star that gets traded. We've done this so many times with like. Like Paul yeah. George and DeMarcus Cousins in the NBA last year uh, both got traded, and you're like, why didn't they get more for him? Why didn't they get more for him? Well, yeah. maybe that's the best offer they got. Now, I'm, I kind of don't think that's the case. I think that they probably could have gotten a better offer. But, you know, the Yankees of all teams know what you can do by signing a guy for who has like 100 years and $9 billion left on his contract. Like, yeah. it can backfire on you. It, it, it killed them for like five years with the A-Rod contract. Yeah. So um, I think that certainly some teams are scared by that. I thought... I think the Red Sox were probably scared by that, which I, I think, I think is the Red Sox a, are too young and too well set for the future. Yeah, to commit to that much money that to much that because the Red Sox have a lot of guys they they're going to need to resign. These yeah. guys like Benintendi, Bogarts, Betts, they're all on rookie deals, which is nuts. Yeah. And like they're going to be owed a lot of money, and multiple of those guys have Scott Boris as their as their agent, which nice. is he's the guy that gets all the money for every one of his players that he can, uh, and he's very notorious for that. So. The Red Sox are going to have to pony up a lot of money for those guys. Um, the, the the thing that jumps out at me is that I remember the reports coming out about the Red Sox interest in Stanton. And what people were saying was out of those guys, I said, basically like Benintendi, Betts, Bogarts, and like Jackie Bradley, was that you the Red Sox were going to need to give up two of those players to get Stanton. Yeah. Which is like, that's too steep in my opinion for the Red Sox because that's two of your four like building blocks in, in the outfield and, and shortstop. So... So I don't know if those reports were true or not. Um, if they were, then the then the market price severely dropped because that's a much bigger price than what the Yankees paid. Yeah. Um, but regardless, it's it's interesting. Um, the last question I have for you because it, it was something I saw in the lead up when the Red Sox were rumored to be in it, and I thought it, you know when I when someone brought up this point, it was like yeah, that actually would be exciting. Try to remove any uh, biases or or uh, partialities from your sure. opinion here. From a neutral perspective, what's more exciting, theoretically, having Stanton and Judge batting back-to-back on the Yankees or having Stanton and Judge facing each other 19 times a year as mm. a member of the Red Sox? 
like for that rivalry? Yeah. Like, like which in which objectively yeah, yeah, yeah. you think would have been more exciting? I personally like baseball super teams stacking them up. Yeah. I like stacking them yeah. back to back because it's like these two guys are going to walk up yeah. every single game. Yeah. And I mean, it already started to be like that with their old, with their yeah. current lineup before Stanton. It started to get, feel like that with the Yankees. They may times. hit three back to backs yeah. in a game. <laughs> they will at some point. Yeah, they absolutely will. It's incredible. Yeah. Like, I love the idea, but baseball batters don't really play against yeah. each other. Right, so right, right, exactly. I, I it, like that's a commercial, but it's not a exactly. Yeah, yeah. This is like yeah, bases loaded, judge up with yeah. Stanton. <laughs> yeah, like they may Good walk. Yeah. They may walk them both. Yeah, they literally <laughs> may walk in two runs. Yeah, at some point in this season. <laughs> Um, yeah, yeah. No, I'm, I'm excited. The last thing, the uh, last thing I want to note too is um, the Yankees didn't have Greg Bird for all of last season. Yeah, um, and he's apparently a home run hitter. Really, he's, he's a, I think he's their first baseman. Um, wow, and he is a very young home run hitting stud as well. Yeah, so they could. I don't know what the record is for most home runs, but <laughs> they, they be, certainly yeah. are on the radar for it. I assume there was some during like the '90s, s- like the, the steroid era. I'm sure there was some high totals, but I would love to see the prop bet in Vegas for over under season yeah. home runs. Yeah. That would be interesting. Yeah. A bazillion. Yeah. Probably. <laughs> yeah. It could be. It could be. Um, so, yeah, that's insane news in baseball. Um, the Yankees getting Giancarlo Stanton. You nervous? So, I'm nervous. Of course I am. Of course. The, the, the final thought on that is the reason why it's so devastating for the Red Sox is because the Red Sox rotation is just all lefties. Like the Red Sox pitchers are all lefties. It's Chris Sale, David Price, Drew Pomeranz, Eduardo Rodriguez. And then they have Rick Porcello, who's their only righty, who gives up the most home runs in the league. Yeah. So, um, for a righty stacked lineup of home run hitters, it is that is a terrible rotation to be going against them. So, uh, of course, as a Red Sox fan, I am nervous about that. But uh, last topic, this won't warrant much discussion. But the Ball Brothers have signed with the European professional team. Um, Congrats to the Ball after Brothers after they've been pulled out of US at UCLA by their father. So, what are your thoughts on that? My thoughts are: <laughs> this is not sports, right? This is pop culture. We should put it in pop culture. That's a good point. Um, their dad is good at maintaining a media cycle. Yeah. I think he's, he has to have hired some sort of agency to keep him in the spotlight. Yeah. Because this is the longest 15 minutes of fame I've ever seen in my life. Yeah. He's, he's, been, he's now relevant. Yeah. Um, so whatever he's doing is correct from the business sense. Mm-hmm. Uh, for his kids, I think it's uh, it, it could be worse. I mean, they get to play together in Europe or in Asia, wherever they are. Yeah. Um, but they don't get the college education that they were promised. Right. So, I mean, they probably would have left early anyway. Yeah. But it's just, it's like, but I don't know. If... It's so self serving for the dad. Yeah. And I don't know how much it's focused on the kids. I mean, they're all going to be rich. They're all yeah. going to be explosively rich, which I guess yeah. is all that matters yeah. to them. But, um, I mean, they're all going to join the league with a very negative. The thing rep. is, I don't know how good the other two brothers are. Like, I, I've always heard that Lonzo is the best one. Maybe that's why he pulls so, them, so that so, we don't watch. Yeah, them. it's true. I, it's true, but but it makes me wonder if there are sure things to go to the NBA. Like, I mean, the NBA is not like a lot of other sports where it's like you you'll get drafted eventually. You know, like if you're really good in football, like you'll get drafted by the sixth or seventh round. You yeah. know, the NBA is not like that. The NBA in the second round, it, even second round picks don't make their teams sometimes. So. Yeah. Um, it is interesting to me to see this type of development. I know it's to keep him in the spotlight a little bit, but for guys that aren't as sure things as Lonzo to like go be a lottery pick, I'm very surprised that that they're that he's pulling him out of school because school would be a better chance for him to develop on multiple levels. So he did recently post the Trump dunk. <laughs> that was which was the amazing. Moment, that was a moment of Lavar that I very much liked. I liked so. it a lot. It was, it was a cartoon of him dunking on <laughs> Donald Trump, and it's. 
you haven't seen it, it's on his Twitter feed, and it is yeah. it's very good. It, I mean, it's, it sort it, of reminds you that like between two different entities that you hate, like one's really actually super harmless, yeah, exactly. and one's not. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like it's like I just cracked up at that. I'm like yeah. Lavar Ball. I I hate this guy, but he's a it's he's kind, a big this is kind dump, of funny. He's like a big goofus. <laughs> like, yeah. yeah. And, like you can't the, really do anything yeah. to hurt me. Like Donald like, Trump is a terrible, yeah. racist piece of crap, <laughs> yeah. and may kill us all. Yeah. Lavar Ball is just. It's just he's Levar Ball. He's just like, a goober. Yeah. So, <laughs> um, so that was that was a, a funny moment. So anything else on that? That's it for me. Alrighty, I think that is it for the three periods. Brings us to the final drive. You want to go first? You want to go second? I think I'm gonna go first tonight. First, Derek. do it. Cool. So I recently watched Logan Lucky with uh, my roommate Rob. It was slow, dry, but very funny. Um, it's uh, similar to like Seven or uh, sorry. This is what they called it. They call it um, Ocean 7-Eleven because it's like a redneck heist. Um, they steal money from the NASCAR Charlotte Motor Speedway. Um, and the brothers are really dumb. Channing Tatum's one of them, and um, Daniel Craig is, is another one of the robbers. And the, the acting is so well done. There's a little girl in it who's, who's Channing Tatum's little girl who's so very cute. Um, kind, kind of makes – she, like, bookends the, the movie in terms of, like, all this – bad weird stuff's happening and then she's just so cute throughout the entire thing um very good not amazing a, a little slow dry you have to really like rednecky humor um but i enjoyed the movie i watched it's clever there are oceans 11 style twists where it you, the whole thing happens then you find out how it was done at the end um and then a nice resolution at the end so logan lucky uh it's out on DVD now, I think. I don't know. Um, but I give it 77 Steve Nicholas avocados. All right. Not certified. Not certified. Not certified. Close, certified but not certified. Close, but not certified guac. All righty. So uh, my final drive is going to be a quick little um, shout-out slash uh, tip for the audience. Uh, we talked about Rudolph the Red-Nosed Rager in period number two. And uh, I was pretty happy with the way my drink came out. So we all make our drink stations. Nice. And uh, this was the first time... Probably in a while that I, I made a drink that I might like make again. At I some remember point. liking your drink, and uh, and so I figured I'll give it a shout out to everyone because it's, it's a pretty universally. Uh, it's not like a unique flavor that some people will like and some people won't. Like most people like the flavor of apple pie, right? So uh, apple pie on the rocks was the drink, and so it's super easy to make it. So I'm gonna just quickly give you. I'm gonna hammer out the recipe right here, uh, and <laughs> this is the first. This is the first. Like I'm, I'm disclosing the recipe. Uh, and I did tweak it a little bit from what was online, so this is actually mine, mm. uh, so, and I'm giving it to you for free. <laughs> and so um, I'm gonna I'm gonna describe it in in uh, like four parts of blank. So like you can do that as four shots or four cups or however big you're making the batch here. Uh, that's what it is. So it's super easy. Four parts apple juice. That's the first one. Get the best apple juice you can get. It's gonna be good. Uh, then you just got one part of three different types of alcohol. You got one part Fireball, which sounds very collegey, but it kind of works here. One part vanilla Smirnoff and one part caramel Smirnoff. So those three uh, liquors with your four parts apple juice, a little dash of vanilla extract, and mix it all up, and that's what, it. What's your secret ingredient? The secret, that was it. The, oh, the secret ingredient was the caramel vodka. That's yours? So yeah, the, so so the, the recipe called for fireball and vanilla, and I went fireball, vanilla, and caramel. Nice. Um, which actually, and I didn't reduce the amount of apple juice with that. So I didn't increase the amount of apple juice with that. So the, the recipe called for four parts apple juice, two parts alcohol. I went four parts apple juice, three parts alcohol to make it stronger, but it did not, Lit. it didn't make it a bad taste. So 
because the caramel is like just it just adds to that flavor. So daredevil. So there you go. And then uh, for if you want to be crazy, you can put a little cinnamon sugar rim on the cup. Um, and there you go. That is the drink recipe. You can make it at your holiday parties, and I promise you it'll be good. If you're worried about it being not good, just add a little apple juice, and then it'll be better. So, <laughs> so that's it. Um, that's my final drive. That's it. Yeah. So that does it for episode 88 of You Heard It Here Second, trending towards 100. Yeah, we're getting closer. We're almost there. All right. Ladies, see you guys next week for episode 89. Episode 89, later days.